Hey, so glad you guys are here today, Sound Life, Ording Valley. How you guys doing, fam? You guys doing good? Feeling good, looking good, all the above, you know, just right here, you know, running with it. Yeah, (laughs) awesome. So glad you are here. Uh, I am still working through like the sinus bug that I've had since mid-January. What is up with that, right? But uh, just excited to be sharing this morning, sharing what, uh, what we're calling Vision Sunday here across all of our campuses. We're having, having a moment for vision at each, each one of our campuses. And then tonight, for those of you, like Danielle mentioned, that are members, uh, we're going to have our, our, our annual family celebration. And if you're not a member yet, you're welcome to, to come check it out, hear vision, hear about, you know, you get to hear the, the, the fun board reports. We're electing some board members, all those, those fun things that we have to do as a nonprofit, but we get to talk about vision. We get to talk about what God has done and the ground he's taking in our community, right? Jesus is moving, right? Jesus is moving in, in South Pierce County. I want you to hear that. And today as we talk about vision, as we talk about what, what we believe God has been uh, placing on our hearts for us as a campus, for us as a church, uh, for us to, to continue to see what God's going to do uh, around our region, around our cities and, and all of that. And so excited to be sharing with that with us today and reflect on what God has done and where he's taken us. Um, this morning as we talk about this idea of vision for Ording Valley Campus, right? Because that's who we are. That's, what, that's where we're sitting at today, here at the corner of Corn and Calistoga. If you've ever heard, that's what I say it all the time. Corner of Corn and Calistoga. Um, it's corner, corn, and a, a lot of C's there. But we're right here. And God has carved this space out since the 1950s, right, for his church to gather, Right, and you can talk to Al Albert in the back. He's been here. You know, he's he knows the histories of the church, and uh, he's he would love to share some stories of him getting saved in high school here in Ording, right, and and believing and seeing God move through this city and through this church, right? That's awesome, and we're and I believe and we know that God's not done yet. God's not done yet, and one of my favorite sayings is the best is yet to come. As we look at this morning, the heart of what God is doing is he's taking us uh, through is right there found in the book of Philippians. And that's where we've been looking at. We've been talking about perfect people. And as we talked last week, we ain't perfect. Thankfully, Jesus is, and we get to find perfection through him. Yeah, thank the Lord, right? But at the heart of where the Lord has taken us is found in Philippians. And we were meant ultimately for perfection, right? We were meant. That's what God created us in his image. But what we know what happened is sin came in and broke things. Right? Sin comes into our lives, it comes into our circumstances, it came into the world and broke things. And we find that we are to be holy as God is holy. We find that in that directive, that commandment, that challenge, that encouragement in 1 Peter 1, 15 through 17. And we find it also in Leviticus 19, 2, that we are to be holy as God is holy. And Jesus even says, you are to be perfect as I am perfect. These challenges that are so difficult to attain on our own, because it's easy to find, and we find that sin breaks us, but Jesus restores us. Since the beginning of time, Jesus was always on the rescue mission for humanity, right? Stepping out of eternity into humanity 2,000 years ago to know us and to help us know him and know God through him, right? That's what Jesus came to do. You see, Jesus has called us and equipped us to pursue his definition of perfection for our lives, Right, that's what Jesus has called us to. We're called to move towards that perfection, to not stay in our imperfections, not glorify our imperfections, but say, God, take this, use it, make it, good, make it holy. Right? God can do that. If you have a point, a piece in your life that you're like, man, I don't think God could do that, let me tell you, he can. He can take the brokenness. He can take the things, the sins of our past, and he washes it white as snow when he creates a masterpiece out of it. That's what God has been doing from the beginning. Right? And as I've told you last week, many people in this room have that story 
of God's working in our situations, in our circumstances. We talked about humility and holiness last week, right? Of these things that we need to, to come to God with and enter and walk through this world with humility and holiness. And in turn, we receive God's grace, right? In, re, in response to our lack of being holy, we receive his grace and we receive his peace, right? To re, in, in response to the humility of our hearts, we humble ourselves, we get to receive peace that God has for us in our lives. Ultimately, it's important to know that our lives are on the line. Right? As we talked about, there's a, there's a battle going on for our souls constantly, trying to, with an enemy who's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, trying to take away, trying to remove the good things from our life, remove the, the, the truth of Jesus from our hearts. But when we go into trusting him, when we begin to trust him, we see that, like I said, our lives are in line, but so is everybody else around us. And that's what's important. And that's why we need to have vision for more than just ourselves. But vision for God's church, for his kingdom. You see, in this world, it is meant to see the process of perfection happening in our lives. That's why I love it. You know, Sunday, on Sunday mornings, we, you know, we don't show up in our Sunday best here. You guys are like, yeah, Darren is in his jeans and boots and shirt. Like, we don't, we don't say you have to show up in your Sunday best. Show up as you are, right? We are all broken people in a variety of ways in varying degrees. We're all broken, Right, and we bring that, that brokenness, we bring that imperfection, and we are in the process, the pursuit of pursuing Jesus and his perfection, aren't we? Right, that's what we get to do. And that becomes the evidence of Jesus to the world around us. Right, if you're going to trial, you have to have evidence. If you're going to bring tr to trial uh, with, a, with, a, with something that will win, the, win that trial or win that battle, you have to have evidence that is true. And when we say Jesus has the power to change, we have to live a life that says Jesus is changing my life. Right? Jesus is changing everything. I remember when I first began to cross the line of faith and was living out the calling of my life. I was, I was at Bible school and I was going to school to be a, a, a youth pastor. And I'm like, you know, I'm living my life. I'm there. I, work at, uh, I worked at Dairy Queen in Texas, which was awesome. Dairy Queen in Texas, if you've ever been, is a whole different type of Dairy Queen, right? Dairy Queen up here is kind of boring. Dairy Queen in Texas, they have the thing called the Dude Burger, which is like a chicken fried steak burger. And you're just like, this is awesome, right? And so I remember I was, you know, working at Dairy Queen. I remember as I began conversations with my coworkers and my managers and shift leaders and things like that, and then they, they find out, you know, this is in the town over from our college. And I'd be like, yeah, I go to Segu over there. Like, oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want to be a youth pastor. And I remember that kind of like, adding a, a weird thing into the relationship. Because they, it felt like they began to watch me a little bit different. Right, oh, is this guy for real? Does this guy true? Is this, does, it really, does he really live the way that we think a youth pastor should live? Because as you know, Texas is Bible Belt, and so like, they have their view of pastors and things like that. And like, this guy's some weird college dude, right? He wants to be a youth pastor. But I remember just those, the look of, looks and the, and the feelings and the thoughts and the conversations that were able to come out of that. You know, late night scrubbing the fryer, right? Talking to one of my managers and she's asking questions about the Bible, right? Other opportunities where I'm, you know, scrubbing the floors. A lot of my stories involve me scrubbing, I guess. Uh, you know, mopping the floors with like this acid because there's this grease and stuff. It was, just, it was just terrible. I don't think it was sanitary either. But I remember just, and, you know, and having conversations with different coworkers and people and them asking me questions about the Bible. Eventually, people confiding in me with their life, trusting me with their stories, and at times, you have the opportunity when we said, hey, we go to church and, the, and just right down the road at, at this other church here, maybe you'll come with us. The opportunity to invite. What they had to see, they had to see the evidence in my life. 
Not just my words, not just, oh, he wants to do this, or oh, he's a pastor, or oh, he's a follower of Jesus. They had to see evidence. And many of you have that story of your own life. Right? Some of you who have crossed the line of faith who work in an environment or maybe a, a work environment that is hostile towards the faith. Right? David, we've talked. Right? You've shared your story here on, 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 on Thanksgiving Sunday. Right? We have those opportunities to live out, to share our faith by how we live. You see, our pursuit of perfection is not just about us. Right? It's not just about us. It's about us and Jesus, but it's about the world around us. It's about fulfilling and validating the mission of God that he came to save humanity, to save me and you. This is what we see in the Philippian church. And today, Paul's gonna, you know, point out and focus in on what matters most. What matters most for us, what matters for most of us as a church, and we're going to talk about vision being pulled out of this for what we're going to see and what we see God doing. In many ways, we, this statement, right, this what matters most statement that we find here in this, this passage of Philippians that we're jumping in really is a thesis statement for the entire letter. And I want you to notice it because he illustrates the vision I believe God has for us in our church this year. And so as we read it, we're going to find the meanings and then in terms of vision for our year. And it's going to be, it's going to be great. Would you guys join me in a word of prayer as we jump into God's word today? God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. It's alive and powerful. God, thank you for your truth. God, thank you that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. Lord, it speaks, Lord, and it cuts between truths and lies. And God, today, may we hear your voice, hear your truth, and walk out of these doors changed, inspired, God, ready to take on what you're calling us to do, Lord. In your name, amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, you can join me at Philippians chapter 1. We'll be there again today um, as we're taking this letter kind of verse by verse. But I want to start in verse 10, and it says this, For I want you to understand what really matters most. Hear from Paul, hear from me. I want you to understand what matters most, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. He's like, I want you to focus on what matters most. There's so many other things that we could focus on. But Paul's like, let's focus on what matters most. That you would live pure and blameless lives until the, Christ, the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Right, he says, I want you to see, I want you to know what matters most. May your life be filled with the fruit of your salvation. That is what comes out of your life. Paul says it in Galatians that there's the fruit of the Spirit that we get to you know, have in our lives when we come to know Jesus. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You know, All of these things, they're not just for us to consume. They're for us to give away into the world around us. Like the fruit of our salvation is not for us to sit on the knowledge and sit on the, the truth, but to be transformed by it and be a part of God's transforming work in the world. He says that you, the righteous character, the righteous character, that is the pursuit, the process, the journey towards perfection. Right? That's what, what we're working out. We're working out that righteous character. Paul wanted the Philippians to understand and build their lives around what mattered most. What it means to be holy and blameless and have perfect lives, that is what God wants for us, for you, for me, right? To live holy and blameless, and that is how we flourish. Right? You hear that word around here a lot here at Sound Life Church is this, this word flourish. We want to be a church that flourishes, and we want to give opportunity, others the opportunity to flourish as well. Right? Our, our mission statement here at Sound Life Church is that we exist to help people flourish through knowing Jesus, 
Right? That's what we believe. That's what we believe our job is. That's what my job is. That's what I, you know, put on my wall. That's what I, that's what I put in my heart. God, I want to exist to help people flourish through knowing Jesus. Right? That's why we exist. And as a church, if we stop doing that, if we, if we stop achieving or reaching or going after that goal, right, then we're going the wrong direction. And you as a church family should be like, hey, what are you guys doing? But we exist to help people flourish through knowing Jesus. And as a church, my hope that you begin to take that on as a mission in your life to bring flourishing into every facet and aspect of your own life. Every place, every sphere, every conversation, every relationship that you are saying, God, help me bring flourishing into this world. Because what does the enemy bring? Death, decay, destruction. What does Jesus come to bring? Flourishing, life, wholeness, holiness. And as we've prayed this for this year and prayed for you, the Lord has put on, and as Pastor Caleb and Pastor Josh and myself, uh, you know, as campus pastors have talked, we've really dialed down what we feel like God wants to do in our different campuses. And each campus is kind of getting a different version of vision for where they're at today. But, the bo- but boiling it down, we believe that these, these vision ideas come from our core values of, as a church. Our core values, and you see those in our, in, in, on your papers. Hopefully you got a Vision Sunday paper if you didn't get one. Uh, they're in the back with some pens because we're going to take some time to do that in a moment at the end of this, this message. But our core values here at Sound Life Church is family, growth, devotion, and mission. Right? That we are, we, we are a family right, of, of believers. You hear that from me all the time. I love you family, right? Because you guys are my family. I love you guys. Where we talk about growth, growing together, right? Growing closer to the Lord, that we should be people who are growing because if you're not growing, you're dying, right? That we are people who are devoted to Jesus above all things and that we give ourselves to the mission of Jesus, the mission that God has called us to. And what was our memory verse this last week is that therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? That's what we, we've been memorizing scripture together. If you, ha- if you wanna grab one of those memorization guides, grab it. Jump in with us. Right, that's Matthew 28, 19, that we have this mission that God has called us. Here's the thing, though. All of these things aren't flashy, but they're very powerful. They're powerful. Or they can change your world. They can change your life. They can change your kids' lives. But the thing is, I look at these things, they, these aren't a try or, you know, a try situation. This is a do or do not. You know, as the great philosopher and theologian Yoda says, do or do not, there is no try. Right? Right? Do or do not, there is no try. Right? That's, we, when it comes to these things, like we, we, we try, but we need to be doing these things. Right? As we talk about these goals today, as we talk about our family goal, our growth goal, our mission goal, and our devotion goal, right? These are, these are not optional. It's do or do not. Right? We have to lean into it. This is how we can flourish in 2024. This is how you can flourish in 2024. These four goals, as I mentioned, are based out of our core values of, as a church. And as he begins this prayer, he's, he, we're going to jump back up to verse 9 and just use that first chunk of it because he says in verse 9, chapter 1, verse 9, he says, I pray that your love will overflow. Right? He's talking about what matters most in 10 and 11. He's talking about this Christian character that needs to come out of us. He says, but I pray that your love will overflow more. Right? And many of you parents who have multiple kids, I remember for me, as I processed, you know, holding my first child, my son, I was like, I love this kid so much. And I'm like, and as we, we found out we were having Drew, and I'm like, how do I love another kid as much as I love this one? And you've like, you find that space in your heart, and you're like, where did this love come from? Right? And then we have a third, and you're like, there's more love. 
And my princess is amazing. I'm like, she's the best. <laughs> but how do we measure that love? Right? If Paul's saying he's praying that we'd overflow more, where does it overflow? It overflows in our relationships. It overflows in community. It overflows here in our family. It overflows here. And that is why God describes his church in the terms of a family. He calls us his adopted sons and daughters. Right? We get to call each other brothers and sisters here. Some of us crazy aunts and uncles. Right? We get to be the family together. And so our 2024 family goal, I want you to hear this. And each one of these is practical. And I, and I believe as, I, as we've unpacked these things, like I said, our pastors, our team, we've prayed about these, these uh, goals. We've prayed that, hey, if everyone did these things, we would grow, our church would grow, and something amazing could happen in the world around us. Here's our 2024 family goal, and it's this. It says, to build one new and intentionally spiritual friendship with someone from SLC, from our church, that you don't already know. Right? To build an intentional friendship, build an intentionally spiritual friendship with somebody here in this room. And some people aren't here today, so you might be like, I didn't see them here, or whatever. But find a, a, a relationship, find another couple, find some, someone to begin to build a spiritually relevant friendship with. Right? That's what we need to do in the family of God. And that's, as we know, as we all do that, there's some of you who've been here for a while and you're like, man, I have all these other friendships, find a new one. Some of you who are new and you're like, I'm just showing up and maybe I'm introverted. Maybe I don't want to have friendships. Step out of your comfort zone. Right? We got to do that. We all got to be challenged in this way. We all got to lean into the family. Build one new and intentionally, an intentionally spiritual friendship. Right? And I believe as you do that, you can begin to flourish. Our church will flourish. Share food and conversation about your spiritual journey together. Right, get together and share what God is doing or what God has done. Take opportunities and begin to pray with each other. Begin to share life, begin to share what God is doing and it will, it, I promise you, it will impact your life. That's our family goal, right? It seems pretty easy on paper. Like, hey, we can, we can start working on that. Like we have opportunities for you, uh, you know, with Alpha and growth groups coming up to have some intentional interactions with some different people in our church. Right, we have in the summer, we have summer barbecue groups. We like to hang out and have fun and play cornhole, right? And get crushed by DJ. It's just awesome, <laughs> right? We, we enjoy those family moments, right? That's what we need to lean into, that we would do that this year. That's our 2024 family goal. Paul says, I pray that your love will overflow more. He ends that verse and he says, and that you will keep growing in knowledge and understanding, he says, I pray that your love will overflow, but also that you will continue to grow, that you'll keep growing in knowledge and understanding of who God is, of who he wants to, of what he wants to do in the world and what he wants to do in your life. And so as we look at that, if we're going to continue to grow in the knowledge and understanding of God, what is that ultimate source of that knowledge? Right? That is his word. Right? It's the Bible. It's the truth. It's the thing that we, that, we, that we allow to speak into our lives. And at times, when we begin to read it, it begins to read us, doesn't it? Right? It begins to convict us. It begins to challenge us. God's word begins to transform us. That idea of metanoia, being renewed right, by our mind as we process scripture. That's what Paul says in Romans 8, that we need to be renewed in our minds. We need the Bible. You see, we tend to underestimate this. A lot of times, we're like, ah, oh, it's just, just a book. Right? And if you're an alpha, you remember seeing those videos of how many manuscripts of, of the, the Bible that's out there that we can draw from, that, that how true it is in our lives. 
And so our 2024 growth goals would be in the Bible every day. Or our family goals to build those intentional spiritual friendships, but our growth goals to be in the Bible every day. I don't care if it's just one verse, crack it open, right? Read the Bible, get a, get a, get a Bible, get the Bible app on your phone and start a reading plan. And with your new buddy that you're beginning to build an intentional spiritual conversation with, you can do the plan together. Right? If you're looking for a new Bible or, or wanting to dig deeper, I brought this up here. This is the, the, the Fire Bible. It's, what, it's a study Bible. And we use new, inter, internet, oh, new Living Translation on Sunday mornings. That's what I preach from. But if you want to dig a little deeper and want to get a study Bible, you can find one of these online. Right? If you want to look at this afterwards, I'd love to, sh- to, to share it with you. I don't preach from it because, you know, Pastor Caleb does. I don't know how he does it. But um, there's just too many words on the page for me. But if I, if I want to deep dive, right, I crack this open, right? Because on the top here, it has the Bible, then it has some thoughts about different verses, but you can get to know the Bible deeper by spending time in it, right? So our growth goal is to be in the Bible every single day. Let's grow in the Lord together, right? It shouldn't just be, and the beauty of what we have in God's word is that it's not just given to one person, one man or woman to stand up here and deliver it. We all get to hear God's voice. We all get to seek his face. We all get to dive into the truth and allow it to change our hearts and lives. And I promise you, if we do that as a church, man, our roots will grow deep like a mighty oak, right? As scripture says. That when the storm comes, we won't be tossed around. We must be in the word together. Read it, meditate on it. Memorize the verses that we're giving out every single week. I believe we're in Peter this next week. Journal about it. Right? Even just write, some, write, write the verse that you read in a day. Write it in your journal. Right? Then you're in your Bible. You're writing the verse. You're writing it on the page. You're writing it on your heart. Boom. Right? Start somewhere and begin to allow God's voice to speak. Allow God's voice to dictate your thinking and actions, right? It's not flashy, right? Many of this will happen behind closed doors or in the morning before your kids wake up or in the evenings before you go to bed. It's not flashy, but it's powerful, right? And I promise you it'll add power. It'll add God's presence. It'll do amazing things in your life. Let's take the time to grow with God. It's our growth goal. Get in God's word. Like I say, if you have questions or want ideas or where to start, come talk to me. I'd love to talk some more about it. We read on past verse 10 and 11 where we talked about what matters most and all that. In verse 12, Paul says, and I want you to know, he says, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has, sir, has helped to spread the good news. Right, so he's talked about that Christian character in verse 11. He talked about what matters most in verse 10. He talked about praying that their love would overflow in verse 9, that they'd keep growing. But then he says in verse 12, he says, I want you to know, as he writes to the church that he loves, as he writes to people he'd had interactions with and relationships with, he says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. If you remember, Paul is writing this from prison writing it to this church that he helped plant, that God had divinely called him to. And as Danielle had mentioned during worship, right, got called there and then put in prison. It's like, man, God, you called me to this? And the story, as you know, God broke chains, opened doors, lives were changed. But Paul here is expressing joy in spite of suffering. Joy in spite of his circumstances. Joy in spite of what he thought should be going right or wrong in his life. He's trying to tell the church his sacrifice was worth it. It is worth it because people are coming to know the good news. 
Right, that's the good news. The gospel is the good news. Right, his sacrifice is worth it because the results it was producing the opportunity for others to know Jesus. Right, that's what is important. They, see, they weren't, we wasn't focusing on the suffering as being the most important thing, but Jesus being the most important thing. And as we look at our culture and our society and our world here today, we know that we don't face similar or that, that physical type of oppression in our lives. Some, of, some do, some missionaries around the world, as we heard from on, on our mission forward Sunday, we heard of, of missionaries to different places and God calling them to uh, places where their faith was not welcomed and in turn were violently acted upon. But here today, we don't face that for our faith, but we can still choose to sacrifice for others and God. Right, we choose, it looks different, it sounds different, and that's what devotion is all about, is that I would hold on to, I would value, I would focus on the most important thing that I can focus on, and that is Jesus. That is his kingdom, that is what devotion is. All my affection, all of my influence, all of my attributes, everything I give to God is devoted to him. Everything. You see, what gets to the heart of people that live in a culture that worships time and money is sacrificial giving of that time and money. But that's what it looks like. When we live so differently, when we act so differently, when we show up and serve in a church on a Sunday morning when people are like, hey, I'm going to the football game or hey, I'm doing this or whatever, or we're showing the world that we are devoted to him. Right? When we choose to not you know, accumulate resources just for our own entertainment or for our own pleasure we, and we give things away and we partner with what God is doing around the world, amazing things happen and the world sees Jesus in that. And so our devotion goal for this year, as mentioned, our family goals that we would build those intentional relationships, our growth goals that we'd be in the Bible every single day and our devotion goal is to give sacrificially to the mission of God, to God's mission, right? And you might have heard it in church world or heard it before, but that's this idea of sacrificially giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure, right? Those three, those, those three things. Sometimes we say, God, I'm just gonna give you, I'll start giving you a lot of my time. I'll give you a lot of my talent. And, you know, or maybe I, I can just do this treasure thing because that's the easiest part of my life. Whatever it is, God's, we need to give it all. Like, so look for areas where you can sacrificially give in your, of your time, of your talent, and your treasure to make a difference in someone's eternity. Because that's ultimately what it is. It's an investment not here, but in something that is, is not going to fade. That will not succumb to dust. That's the beauty of it. It's meant to be a team effort. And we're all meant to do this, and everyone is needed on that team. We all have a role to play. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, Jesus sharing this at the Sermon on the Mount. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. He says, store your treasures in heaven, right? What do we like to do as humanity? We like to, to grab a hold of everything. We like to have our things. He says, store your treasure in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. He says this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Right, that's a, a moment at times where I have to check my heart. What am I focused on? What am I saving for? What do I look at with desires? 
That's what we have to look at. We have to check our heart. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. We have to give sacrificially to God's mission of our time, talent, and treasure. As I look at our own lives, Danielle and I, we've, we've made the commitment in our own hearts to give more than we ever have. Right? This last year than this year of our, of our resources. We made the commitment to say yes to Jesus and serving his mission. And you're like, how do you, how do, you do that as a pastor? Darren? like, you're a pastor. It's your job. Exactly. I have to go to God and say, God, help. how do you want me to do more? Like, what are you calling me to do? How are you calling me to give of myself more? Because if I just stay here, right, I tell my basketball team all the time, if we just stay right here and we don't get better, right, we start getting worse, don't we? Right, we start to decline. Right, there's a saying, like, we need to be living up and to the right. We need to be focusing on getting closer to God. And if we feel like we've achieved it and we're still alive, we haven't, (laughs) right? God, I've done so much for you. I've done this, I've done that, I've, I've given this, I've given that. God's like, God always has more for us. God's like, I have so many more good gifts for you. I remember the, and I want to share this story of, of our own journey to be here today. Danielle and I, it's been about three and a half years that we've been here at Ording, uh, Ording Campus, right? We, uh, we were uh, in North Idaho before we came here. And uh, our, I remember our first Sunday that I stood on the stage there in an auditorium at our, at our church there. I was a, I was a youth pastor and I remember standing on the stage and my first time preaching as the, as the youth pastor there. And it was like my second week. I was like, how, why'd you do this to me? Um, second week going to new church, like, hey, youth pastor, go preach. And I was like, it was like Memorial, it was Labor Day weekend. And so that's when youth pastors preach. Um, but I stood there in front of this auditorium and I was like, I've arrived. This is the promised land, right? North Idaho is beautiful. We're like five minutes from the lake, five minutes from the mountains, like all these, a beautiful, awesome place. And when God was there, he, was, he called us to that, that place. We knew it from the, you know, he had moved literal mountains for us to move there, right? I could tell you the whole story at some point. But this is where we knew God had called us. Right? We're serving him, doing ministry, and we're loving it, loving the area. I feel like God had called us there. I remember after about five years, we knew that God was starting to stir. We're starting to say there's something new coming. And we're like, okay, God, but we like this. Like, we like this place. Like, what are you wanting to do? I remember God beginning to wrestle and begin to, you know, we begin to wrestle with God and he's wrestling with us and we're just kind of having those conversations of God, what do you want him to do? And, you know, we knew that we were starting to, we were starting to look and starting to talk to different churches and places. And that was that summer of 2020. You guys remember that? Most of us don't, right? We're just like, it was weird, right? It was crazy. It was interesting. And we're going to look back and as the years go and as we always do, it's going to get even bigger, like hyperbole. Like everyone was dying from COVID. Okay. Um, no, let's not do that. But I remember just being in that season of, God, what are you wanting to do with our our lives? And we're looking and we're talking and we get a call from Pastor Caleb who was just about to take Sound Life Church as, as, you know, step in as the lead pastor. And I was like, I don't, I've met Caleb a couple times and we did some winter camps together and seemed like a cool dude. You know, Sound Life was our home church that we got, that Danielle and I met each other in and that I felt the call to ministry in my life. But we were like, God, we'll go anywhere. We'll go, we'll go to Maine. You know, we'll go to Florida. Like, we'll go wherever you want us to go. We'll go east, right? We never had the desire to come back this side of, the, of Washington, right? It wasn't, our, wasn't what we thought about that God was going to do. I remember just processing, and Caleb's like, why don't you come check out Sound Life Ordy Valley? And some of you were here that day, and I remember coming, and we're in masks, and the chairs are in little clumps and clusters, right, as they were, because we had to be social distanced, right? And so there's, like, just different clusters of chairs throughout the auditorium here. And I remember just praying, we were just doing worship and just praying, and I was just seeking God's face. I said, God, what are you doing? 
God, what are you doing? I remember sitting back here in a cluster of chairs, and I remember what I could only say is God, like God's whispering or voice in my ear or heart. He said, let me show you my faithfulness. Let me show you my faithfulness. I said, God, well, show me where, where it's at. I'll go. He says, no, let me show you my faithfulness. Let me show you my faithfulness here. And we said yes to coming here and saying, and living here in Oregon, living here and running and being a part of this campus and being a part of the Sound Life team. And I think about that and I think about this room that we look across now. Or maybe 40 or 50 people in that, that room that day. Our kids and maybe a couple other kids in kids' ministry. And I think about what God is doing now. As Allison said, 17 little kids in our downstairs room. Right, Derek running, running 20 plus kids upstairs. Right, many of you coming to here and hearing about Jesus and getting to know Jesus through each other. God's saying, let me show you my faithfulness. That's what happens when we give it all to God. We sacrifice our time, talent, treasure, and we say yes to him, even though it seems weird or crazy. I don't want to live in the shadow of a volcano, God. <laughs> right? We're right in the middle. Right, God, put me on the, on, the, on the mountain outside of here. No, God's like, no, we're going. And when you say yes to him, you go. So I share that story with you to, to, as we look and continue to process God's vision as I know God's not done. He wants to continually, continue to show us his faithfulness here. Many of you in this room are answers to my prayers. Hear that from me. Your answers to our prayers. That God would build a community here, that God would build a church here that would reach the city that would make an impact in this region, in this world, right? Some of us may never go, but I believe God might send some of you to go. Let me show you my faithfulness. Paul says, let me let you know that my suffering here in prison, I'm not in prison. Don't think that I'm thinking I'm in prison. <laughs> he says, let my, let, let, I want you to know that what's going on, what, I've been, what God's been doing in my life is spreading the gospel, spreading the good news. God's moving. God's moving. He goes on and he says, for everyone here in verse 13, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. He says, everyone knows. Paul was very upfront with what he was doing and living his life. Everyone knows that I'm in chains for Jesus, that I'm showing up for Jesus, that I'm entering these prison cells for Jesus. He's like, I've seen Paul, I've seen God open prison cells, so you jail, jailers, you're putting me in here, but God could open these doors. So let me tell you about a story that happened in Philippi, right? That's what he's doing. He's like, I want you to know everyone knows, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ, because of Jesus, because of what he did in my life, because of the intersection of his, Jesus' story and his hope with mine, that is why I'm here. The good news of Jesus. And that is why our mission goal for this year is to share someone un, some, with someone unchurched in your spheres of influence once a month this next year. I kind of bungled that up. <laughs> share Jesus with someone unchurched in your sphere of influence once a month for the, for the next year. Begin to share Jesus. Begin to share the hope and story of Jesus. Right? Begin to share who Jesus is to you. And it doesn't have to be like you're standing on the street corner with your Bible. Right? It doesn't have to be that. It can be just in conversation, in relationship. It could be in just getting to know someone. Or if you hear a situation or circumstance that happens, hey, can I pray with you about that? Hey, you want to come to church with me. Whatever it is, begin to share the story of Jesus. Pray with people. Share parts of your testimony. Say, hey, like I, 
a lot of times I've found, and this happened in my life multiple times, that God will bring people into your life that have gone through similar circumstances as you. Right, who've walked through similar hardships or pains or even good things, but God will bring people into your life and you can share the story of God's goodness, of his faithfulness with them. Right, invite people to church. Share the gospel with the people around you. And I promise you, if we do these things, we will be in pursuit of perfection. We can be made perfect with Jesus. And here's the thing I know is that others will have the opportunity as well. Others will have the opportunity as well. When we lean into this, we lean into the uncomfortability. When we lean into, you know, spending time in God's word. When we lean into having those spiritually driven conversations with others. When we lean into sharing our story, people's lives will be transformed. And I believe we will have a, see a community transformed as well. We'll see it. One life at a time, one child at a time, one student at a time. And as we prayed about this, and as I prayed about this, I realized that our church would grow. Right, wouldn't it? Would it not? If we began to live this way, we would grow depth-wise. As I mentioned, we'd grow closer to Jesus, which, man, that's, that's my hope for you. That's my job as your pastor, is, is my hope, is that you're growing deeper with the Lord. So if you're ever like, hey, I feel like I'm stagnant in my faith, I'm not growing, come talk to me. Right? And as you know, and I want you to hear that this can't be the only part of your growing in a week. Right? That's why you have to be in God's word. But we'll grow as a church, which means that we'll grow as a campus. And here's some vision I want to share with you today, what I believe God wants to do in us in this next year. Rebecca, you can go ahead and come on up. I ultimately see this church, I see you, us, the church, reaching ordering for Jesus. Right? Making a difference in this community making a difference in our, our different cities around here, right? I see at some time in the next year, two services here. Practically, two services here on a Sunday morning. Right, as we as a church begin to grow, that is why on Easter, I'm gonna let you guys know, we're gonna do two services, right? On a day when traditionally, right, they're called CEOs, Christmas and Easter only peoples show up to church, <laughs> right? I'm telling you that, don't, don't go up to your friend and be like, hey, I think you're an CEO. Uh, don't do that. But when, we, when, we, when people traditionally are saying, hey, I'm going to show up to a church, we, we want to have space for them, right? We want to have space for them. And, and I want you to know that this isn't like to be the biggest church in town or be the most awesome group of people in town. No, man, I, I'm good friends with, with Abundant Life's pastor. We both have a burden and a heart to see Ording come to see Jesus. I pray for their church all the time. He prays for our church all the time. There's tons of people who need Jesus. I believe we're going to go to two services, whether it's the Sunday right after Easter, next fall, next week. That'd be crazy. <laughs> but we're doing that because we want to create space for people to come to know Jesus. It's an opportunity to allow for those areas of, of that people serve, our kids ministry, right? When they serve on a Sunday morning in kids ministry, many of you do. Thank you for saying yes to serving in kids ministry. But when you do and you're serving kids on a Sunday, right, you're, you're up in the kid island upstairs. And some of you feels like it's a deserted island sometimes. But it'll allow the opportunity for people to serve with service instead of service. Right? Allow the opportunity for us to have more people get in the game and doing ministry. Right? That giving of your time and talent, many of you have the opportunity to, to tell the, speak truth to kids in our church. You may not think so, but I believe you have that ability. And you have a voice that I know I want my kids to hear. Many of you in this room who have kids, right, you guys have a voice 
to share in the lives of our kids' ministry. This would allow our kids' spaces to have some breathing room. We, as many of you know, we, and Allison mentioned, we remodeled our kids' room that last summer. We're like, hey, God, we're going we're to remodel. It's going to be great. Add some more kids. And now we're like, we're full. We need more, we need more space. So I see God moving that way. And I say that because I'm excited. I'm excited that we get to be a part of that. The other thing I see in my hope and my heart as I've known and have just talked with different people in our community is, a, is the need for youth ministry in our town. Right, for students. I've always had a burden in my heart for students. That's where God called me originally. And he hasn't get, let go of that call for sure. But I see a weekly youth ministry launching out of this church. Monday night, Sunday night, Tuesday night, whatever night it is. I don't, I don't know what God has for us, but I see that happening. I want to see that happen. I want to see students coming and walking and cross the line of faith. And this is where our devotion goal really kicks in, both of these goals. Giving of our time, talent, and treasure. Right, giving of our time, serving to help build right, that youth ministry. Maybe God's been knocking on your heart and you have something to give. And you want to jump in and be a part of that. Maybe it's serving in kids' ministry. Maybe it's serving when we go to serve one, sit one, and you guys are going to hear it. We're going to get some invites. Those of you that are already serving, like get ready for your planning center to be hit for, for Easter. But if you're not in the game yet, get in the game. If you're not serving, talk to Danielle or I. Get an application. This is where our talents, we can give those talents to God. Man, if you can play an instrument, join the worship team. If you got a vote, yeah, Danielle's like, yes, please. Right, if you got vocals that are, that are golden, you know, you got some golden pipes, sing them out. But also our treasure too. Right, I believe our campus can grow in giving. Our campus can grow in what we give to Mission Forward. And many of you, uh, you know, have thought through and processed. We have the Mission Forward pledge cards. And man, if you haven't done one of those yet, do that. But see what God can do. Mission Forward, all that money goes outside the four walls. And as our giving grows... Tithes and offerings, I believe there's a youth pastor that maybe we could hire to help lead that youth ministry. Right, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm praying for. So know what I'm praying for as I process the vision for our church. But I believe God's been speaking to you personally in these areas today. That's why hopefully everyone has one of these sheets. If you have one, you can go ahead and pull it out. But let's take some time and process personally what these goals look like for your life. What is, a fam what is that family goal? Is there somebody that comes to mind that you want to start building that intentional spiritual friendship with in our church? What does that growth goal look like for you? What does devotion look like for you that, that of giving of your time, talent, and treasure? What does that look like? And what, how's that mission goal working in your life? So I'm going to pray and then uh, I'm just gonna let, we're just going to take a moment. We've got a few minutes. You can write those things down. You can process those. If you need to grab a pen, whatever it is. But we're just going to just kind of chill. Not just, you know, kind of a different response this morning. But God, we just thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. God, I thank you that, Lord, you're here. Lord, I thank you that you choose to partner with us to reach the world around us. God, that even though brokenness seems so clear, seems so real in our own lives and the world around us, God, you gave the antidote. You gave us the light that shines in the darkness. And God, you call us, your sons and daughters, your children, to walk with you in this world. 
So God, as we look at these four core value goals this year, as we look at what the vision of what you're trying to do in us and through us as a church, God, I pray that we would jump in both feet. God, not just dipping our toes, God, but we would say yes to you and what you're saying to our hearts. God, for as your Holy Spirit has been speaking to us in different areas of these four different goals, I pray, Lord, that you would just make clear what you're wanting, calling us to do, the places you're asking us to step into. God, that we would be obedient, God, because we know that in life, there's only two directions, obedience or disobedience. There's only trust or distrust. There's only do or do not, God. And so Lord, help us. Lord, lead us. May we not be the same person that walks through these doors next Sunday or the same person or the same couple, or the same family that shows up here next year at this time, God. May you continue to add to our numbers daily those that are being saved, those that are spiritually hungry, God. May we continue to see people saying yes and getting in the water, waters of baptism, God. May we continue to see families saying yes to being dedicated to you, God. May we continue to see kids, Lord, excited about what you're doing in their lives. God, may we see, Lord, students, youth, Lord, come to know you. God, we submit these things to you, God, because without you, without them being in your hands or your directions, God, they're, they're just nothing. They're just words. So God, we submit these goals as we begin to process these together in this moment to you, God, as well. We thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen.